The following audio content is a talk given at the Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. Guys, welcome to the Inn. Summer in night three, uh, week three. Um, thanks for joining us. My name is Chris, Chris Thurden, third, whatever you want to call me. Yeah, you know, Noel. What's up, Noel? I'm back. Um, so if you've been joining us for the last couple of weeks, um, I want to give you a little refresher. If you haven't been with us, I'll give you a little refresher as well. So we're all on the same page. Um, Carly, one of our interns uh, from this year, started us out in the series, and she kind of told us about Peter's call. If you don't know, we're going through the life of Peter, uh, which gets me really excited because I love Peter. He's one of my favorite people ever, not just in the Bible, like just ever. He's an awesome dude. Crazy life, crazy stories. Uh, and so I'm really excited that we get to interact with this story uh, this summer. So Carly started us out and she talked about Peter's call, the way Jesus um, called Peter uh, to follow him. And what I love about this story is that this very ordinary dude, uh, Peter, who had a very, very normal life as a fisherman, was called to something extraordinary from an interaction he had with Jesus, which is a lot like our lives are. We get taken from this very normal, ordinary life that we think we may have. And Jesus is like, I want so much more for you. And there's so much more for you in life in me. And that's what Peter finds himself called into. Uh, And not only that, we find that Jesus, while he calls Peter from a seemingly normal life to an extraordinary life, wants Peter to become more of who he is through that. And he he shows that to Peter in that he is totally about Peter's family. While he calls Peter to to walk away and leave everything, the very first act that we see Jesus do when he interacts with Peter is go heal his sick mother-in-law. Uh, which shows that as, as much as Jesus calls our life and flips our life upside down, the, th- the ways that he um, changes us and moves us and shakes us is not going to take us away from the things that are important to us uh, that are good in our life, but he's going to accentuate those. He's going to heal those. He's going to redeem them. He's going to restore them. He's going to heal them. And he's going to make them better than they ever were before, which is pretty cool that Jesus does that. Uh, he says later on that if you're going to find your life, you're going to have to lose it. And Peter's life is a great example of that. But that's another sermon for another time, and we're not going to go into that yet. So roll with me. Um, and then, so after Peter uh, leaves his family, he's called, he's walking with Jesus, following Jesus. Uh, Becca took us through last week through this incredible story where Jesus, uh, well, the disciples are on this boat, and the storm is, is rocking the boat, um, kind of like Leah just rocked the boat. And then... Uh, they see Jesus just walking on water alongside them, and they're kind of freaking out. They think he's a ghost, but it's not. They realize it's Jesus, and Peter freaks out, and he's like, Lord, if that's you, call me out to you, and I will come follow you. And Jesus is like, come. And Peter's like, all right. So he jumps out the boat. That's, I love Peter. Like, who would freaking do that? Like, oh, yeah. There's this dude walking on water. My first thought, hey, if that's my friend, then I'm going to walk on water too. Yes, jumps out the boat, starts walking, and then the storm overtakes him. He starts to sink, and Jesus reaches out his hand and grabs Peter, and they share this incredibly powerful and intimate moment uh, together. As, as Peter begins to sink, Jesus grabs his hand, and they walk on water together, which is crazy to me. Peter's like the only one in history, recorded history, that we know Uh let alone walked on water, but walked with Jesus on water. And that is just so cool to me that in the midst of this storm, the midst of him sinking, he had a very unique and intimate moment with Jesus that nobody else in the history of the world has ever had. 
which is cool. So this is Peter's life. Like, it's kind of crazy. He gets called out of his normal life into something he never expected. And he's walking with this dude, Jesus. And, and he comes to know Jesus. And he comes to know who Jesus is. And so that's where we kind of find our story today. Uh, Peter's had these crazy experiences with the Lord, with Jesus. And uh, they have just had come off this experience where they fed um, about 5,000 men. So there was, the way they recorded things back then, it was pretty sexist, but I'm sorry, ladies. There was 5,000 men that they recorded, which means there would have been doubled that because there'd be women there and children. So just think of a ton of people that are there. And everyone was getting hungry as Jesus was teaching. And uh, the disciples were like, hey, people are getting mad. They're hungry. What are we supposed to do? Jesus' followers. And... Um, Jesus is like, you need to feed them. They're like, we got no food. He's like, ask around. They find two loaves, or they find two fish and five loaves of bread. And Jesus is like, okay, we're going to take that. He prays over it, blesses it, and breaks the bread. And they feed uh, the over 5,000 people with all that bread. So this is like the story that's just happened. There's a ton of people that are following Jesus. They are about Jesus. He's giving them bread. Um, he's, he's feeding them. He's giving them life. He's healing the sick. He's um, bringing sight to the blind. He's teaching and proclaiming the truth of God. And he is now kind of like this little, not little, this big local celebrity. Like everyone is about Jesus because he's doing spectacular things they've never seen and teaching in a way that people have never witnessed before. And Peter gets to walk right alongside him through all of that. You guys with me? Tracking? So this is where we pick up the story today. Um, Jesus, having just fed the 5,000, everyone is like, Jesus, uh, you're pretty great. Um, and they're starting to compare him to Moses. And they're like, give us a sign that you're the Messiah. And Jesus is like, okay, I just fed you. They're like, well, no, like when Moses was, when God was, uh, saving us from Egypt, and Moses was with us, he brought down bread from heaven. Like, that's a sign we're looking for. We want this kind of bread, something spectacular like that. And Jesus is like, guys, I've been healing people. Like, I just fed 5,000 of you, more than 5,000 of you, with two things of fish and five loaves of bread. Is that not enough? And they're like, no, we want more. And Jesus is like, well, let me tell you, if you want this bread, I am that bread. I'm the bread of life. Uh, just like God provided bread for Israelites when they are leaving Egypt. The bread that God is providing for you now is me, is Jesus. And if you, if any of this is confusing to you today, it was way more confusing to them at the time when they're hearing it. And people are hearing Jesus say this, and he's like, not only am I the bread of life now, but I'm eternal bread. So like, if you eat of me, me as the bread, you're going to have eternal life. And people are literally like shaking their heads and going like, this is a hard teaching. Who can follow this? Who can listen to this guy and follow him? And like of those 5,000 men, double that, however you, many thousands of people are there, people just start taking off and leaving because they're like, this is ridiculous. Makes no sense. I don't know what he's saying. And people are just leaving left and right. You with me? I would probably leave too. That's confusing. Um, I'm confused by what I just said, but that's all right. They were too. All these people are leaving, and Jesus says to his disciples, his main crew of 12 that he's called, where Peter is one of them, his best friends, he gives them, he asks them a question. Kels, can we get it up on, on, the, on the screen? He asks them a question. As everyone's leaving, he says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And he said to his, his main 12, 
You do not want to leave me too, do you? This is the question that Jesus posed to his disciples, that he posed to Peter. He really gave them a decision. He said, everyone's leaving. Are you going to leave too? What are you going to do? And Peter and the rest of the disciples, but specifically Peter, because that's the one whose life we're kind of tracking with, is faced with a decision. If you don't know, this has been a huge weekend for decisions. Um, a lot of decisions have been made this weekend. Uh, it's the 4th of July. We're celebrating a time when a country literally decided to become its own country, USA. Like, that's great. Celebrating a birthday. That was a decision that was made. That's one decision. Two, I don't know if any of you guys uh, know who Shea Serrano is. He's one of my favorite writers. If you don't know, go follow him on Twitter. Best follow there is. He's got this really cute dog, and he named it uh, Younger Jeezy, like young, like young Jeezy, the rapper, but he named it Younger Jeezy. It's dope. Go check him out. Um, but he decided <laughs> to take his talents to one of my favorite websites called The Ringer, so that's great. Decisions was a great decision for me. Uh, but there was also another decision that was made. Kevin Durant. How many of you guys know who Kevin Durant is? Yep. <laughs> I love basketball, ball is life. Um, <laughs> Kevin Durant had a big decision in front of him. He's been playing for, in Oklahoma City. I'm sorry, RIP Sonics. I, lo I love the Sonics. Bum they're not here. Uh, but, but I just want to give you like the weight of this decision that was in front of Kevin Durant. He was basically not just like the, the face of Oklahoma City's basketball team. He's like the face of Oklahoma City. How many of you even like gave two thoughts about the city of Oklahoma, like Oklahoma City, before the Sonics moved there. Like, I had never once thought about Oklahoma City as a place that existed, which I'm sorry. If anybody from Oklahoma City ever listens to this, it's on podcast, if they ever listen, I'm sorry I never thought of you before. Um, but Kevin Durant is like, he was the face of that city. He made that city relevant again. He made that city... Uh, a place that people wanted to go to, a destination spot. Like, I would have no other reason ever to go to Oklahoma City other than to watch Kevin Durant play basketball. And so, like, he has this decision to either stay in Oklahoma City and play basketball there or leave and go to another team. And everyone thought he was going to stay in Oklahoma City. The city loves him. They're behind him. He does charitable work there. Like, they have embraced him like no other. And, like, he is talking about how he loves this city, loves this team, loves the organization. And I wake up Monday morning and find out that Kevin Durant has left the Oklahoma City Thunder to go play for the Golden State Warriors, who just set like a record for wins in the NBA and like were a historically good team. And I was like sitting there in disbelief because that's never happened before, like ever. And Kevin Durant made this huge decision. And what hit me was like, he made this decision purely for himself, which isn't bad, like good for him. But he let down an entire city that had its hopes and dreams on Kevin Durant. And, like, that's a huge decision to make. And so much of the, the, the weight behind that decision was on himself. And I can't imagine what it would be like to be in that position. So all that being said, it was a big weekend for decisions. Uh, and Kevin Durant made one of the biggest ones of his life, I'm sure. But Peter himself is faced with the decision as well, just like Kevin Durant. Except this question, uh, are you going to stay, that Jesus asked him, are you going to stay or are you going to go? The weight of the decision is not on Peter like the weight was on Kevin Durant. The weight is on Jesus. 
Basically, Jesus is asking Peter, are you going to leave or do you trust me to be who I say I am? You've walked with me. You've talked with me. You have walked on water with me. You have. I've, 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 I've healed your mother-in-law. You've seen these many miracles. You've heard me preach and teach. I've taken you from being a fisherman to being a uh, uh, an apprentice to a rabbi, which is what every young Hebrew kid in that time would have wanted to be. Like, that was such a big deal that, like, no one did that. No one would come to a man who was established in their work and say, hey, you know what? Like, your life is fine, but I'm going to give you the life that everyone has dreamed of. Come follow me. And that's, that's what Jesus has called Peter into. And Peter left everything and followed him. And he's saying, Jesus has now given Peter one of the biggest decisions of his life, and he's saying, are you going to stick with me as everyone is leaving, or are you going to leave as well? Do you see the difference in those two decisions? Kevin Durant's decision was all on himself. All the weight was on him. Peter's decision, yeah, there was a decent amount of weight on him, but the question he had to answer was, do I believe Jesus is who he says he is? I can relate to Peter a lot for a lot of different reasons, but this story in particular um, hits home heavy for me. And uh, I wasn't actually going to preach this week, but then it kind of opened up. And when it did, I was actually low-key kind of excited because this story has been so impactful in my life. And it reminds me of a time uh, I interned here at the Inn a long time ago, five years ago, six years ago, a long time ago, getting old, great. Um, right out of college, and that intern year had ended, and I started working here at UPC at the front desk, and I was going to seminary at the time. I thought that's exactly what you're supposed to do if you're going to be a pastor. You go to grad school, you get your master's in divinity. Like, that was just the next step. Started taking seminary classes. Uh, I had been asked to lead up day camps, so UPC has a huge day camps program, and uh, I don't know why they asked me to lead it up that long ago, but they did. I was young and dumb and naive, and I was like, yes, I can do that. So I started uh, leading up day camps, which I had never, I'd never been to one of their day camps before, so I had no clue what I was getting myself into. Started leading day camp, doing seminary. I had just been asked to go help lead a trip to Europe for deputation, where we go for two months to play basketball and coach basketball and talk about Jesus. And I was like, that's my dream, so yes, I'm going to do that. Um, so I'm planning and prepping to go play basketball in Europe in two months. I am in seminary uh, for the first time, taking seminary classes. I'm leading up this, <laughs> this like camp of a couple hundred kids that I'm in charge of. And then um, I just got hired on to be uh, a study assistant, this apprentice, for uh, a pretty well-known pastor who travels around and teaches. And it was an awesome honor and opportunity. And... Throughout all this, I started to feel the pressure and the weight of everything that was going on. I was really struggling in seminary. It wasn't what I thought it would be. I thought it was the next step, and it really was kicking my butt, and I just wasn't getting any life from it. I actually became a seminary dropout, which is great. It's fun. Um, me and Kanye, he's a college dropout. I'm a seminary dropout. It's fun. Uh, and during that time, as I was just overwhelmed with seminary and day camps, and day camps was not what I expected. It was way more work than I thought it would be. Um, I 
started waking up and having panic attacks. And I started getting overwhelmed. And I started thinking, okay, Jesus, I'm doing everything that I thought you asked me to do. I'm in seminary. I'm going to school to be a pastor. I'm about to work for a pastor. I'm leading up this children's day camp Bible study. I'm about to go be a missionary for a couple months and play basketball and share your truth. Like, that's awesome. I'm doing all these awesome things for you. Why am I so overwhelmed? Why is this so hard? Why can't I go to sleep at night? And why am I waking up where I can't breathe and in a hot sweat? Like, what the heck is going on, God? And I went down to Gasworks. There's a little spot on Gasworks right on the water that I just would go and pray. And one night when I couldn't sleep and I just was overwhelmed with all this, I walked down there. And I walked on the water. And as I was sitting, as I was uh, standing by the water, I asked myself, really, actually, the Lord asked me the same question he asked Peter. Are you going to stay with me or are you going to go? Are you going to ride with me or are you going to go off on your own way? And in that moment, I thought of all the ways that I could go do my own thing, that it would be so much easier. I was like, God, like, oh, I don't even know what. <laughs> that same time, I just, <laughs> I've been dating a girl that I've been off and on again, and she had just left me as well. And so I, I was like devastated from that too. And so in that moment, this is why I thought of that, because in that moment, my first thought was like, I could go and like, I could just give this all up and I could go hook up with girls and drink and forget all of this and like forget all my worries and just run away and literally leave all this behind. Yeah, God, I could just, I could be done with you and done with all this stuff that I feel you've called me into that is just overwhelming me because I'm just over it. And God asked me that question, are you going to stay with me or are you going to go? And that's the first thing I thought of. And then I think just like Peter, I started to think back on my life. And I thought back of all the times that God, I had fallen, I had gone off and done those things I wanted to do, and they didn't give me life. And Jesus grabbed my hand and pulled me up, just like he pulled Peter out of the water when he started to drown, when he was walking on water that we talked about last week. Jesus grabbed my hand and pulled me up out of those situations and showed me life was so much more than those mistakes I had made. That I was worth so much more than whatever identity I got from girls, from work, from being a good Christian, whatever that was, I was worth more than that in Jesus. I thought of all the successes I had, the times that I felt real community in real life, the times that I had got to know Jesus better, the times that I had cried with my best friends, cried with my parents about the ways God was at work in my life. And I thought back to all these things and I was like, God, I know who you are and I know that life with you is so much better than what I want to run to. And I think back in that moment, I think I was thinking just like Peter. I think Peter thought back and he thought, Lord, I've walked on water with you. You healed my, my mother-in-law. You fed 5,000. You've healed the blind. You've made these bold proclamations. And as you made those bold proclamations, every single time you've backed it up with who you are and you've lived into it. You may make these crazy statements, but you have done these crazy things as well. And you are who I think you are. Peter looked back and he had walked with Jesus and he knew him. And he knew him to be who he said he was. Could you throw up what, what Peter's response is? And this is when I think Peter gives the best response I think you could give to the Lord. So Jesus asks, you don't want to leave me too, do you? And Simon, also known as Peter, answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That's Peter's response. And as I was standing at the water that day, 
I had nothing but that response as well. God, where else will I go? You pulled me up out of the darkness and the dust and, and the storms multiple times. You've shown me that I can trust you. Where else will I go? I'm going to trust you again now. I love Peter's response because it's honest. It's like the last step. Like there's, it's like he's got nothing else. There's nothing else to go to. But it's also, it's not like he just has nowhere else to go, but the only place he has to go is the very best possible place he can go as well. So his statement's completely full of hope as well. And I love that Peter's answer is a question and it puts everything back on Jesus right where it needs to be. Unlike Kevin Durant's decision, it wasn't all about him. Peter's decision was all about Jesus. My decision was all about Jesus. And the only way I could come to a place to have that decision, to make that decision, the only way Peter could come to a place to ask this question and make the decision he needed to make was by getting to know who Jesus was. It's because he could look back on his life and say, Jesus, I know, I know who you are, and I know that when you, make, like, when you ask me if I'm going to leave or not, that I can put all my weight, all my trust in you because you've time and time again proven to me to be who you say you are. And that was my response as well. I don't want you to make a response off of anything that I, decision that I made or any decision that Peter made. But what I will say to you tonight is get to know Jesus. If you don't already know him, if you know him a lot, if you know him a little, get to know him more. Because as you get to know him, he's going to prove to you who he is time and time again. He's going to prove to you that you can trust him. He's going to prove to you that you can walk with him. He's going to prove to you that when the world lets you down, when you let yourself down, when other people let you down, he's going to be steady and right there with you. Whether you need him to cry with you, whether you need him to laugh with you, whether you need him to just sit with you in the crap of it all, he's going to be with you. And there's going to be hope that there's so much more than the crap that you're in right now, that there's going to be more than the success that you're in right now, that there's going to be more because you're with Jesus. But the only way you can come to know that is if you come to know him. How do you do that? Get in the scripture. Read it. Read his life. See the ways he interacted with Peter and the other disciples. Ask your friends that know him. Talk to them about it. Ask him, hey, how's God been at work in your life? Tell me about it because I'm not seeing how he's at work in my life right now and I need to be reminded of how he works so that I can open my eyes and see it. Go and listen to podcasts. Listen to things like that where people talk about the ways that God's at work. And then when all of that is done and maybe even before, not even, not maybe, definitely even before that, just ask him to tell you and show you. Just sit down in the presence. Not even if you, whether you believe you're in the presence or not, God's with you. So just sit and ask him, hey, God, what do you have for me? How do you love me? Show me how you love me. Show, you how, show me how you're with me. Show, you how you, I mean, show me how you've been in my life. Because right now I'm not seeing it, and I need to remember so that I can continue to walk with you. Answering the question that Jesus asked, are you going to leave too? Can only be answered if you can look back in your life and you can say, I know who you are, Jesus. Because if, if you don't know him, why are you going to roll with him? Get to know Jesus. Consider who he is. Consider the things he says. 
I trust in him that he will be enough. Right now, I, I want to take some time to pray for us. And as I pray, I want you to take like another 30 seconds or so afterwards it, and just ask the Lord, God, how have you shown up in my life? How have you shown me the ways that you know me? Because whether you know Jesus or not, he knows you, and that's enough. His love for you is way better than our love for him can ever be. And as you get to know who he is, you'll know that love, and it'll change your life. Don't rest on my story and the ways that I've come to know the Lord. Don't rest on Peter's story and the ways that he's come to know the Lord. Get to know Jesus for yourself. And rest on the ways that God has revealed himself to you in the ways that he says, I love you. I'm for you. I'm with you. So if y'all bow your heads and pray with me, uh, we'll take some time. And then I want you to uh, meet up with someone beside you, uh, two or three, and just share the ways in your life that the Lord has told you, hey, I was with you in that. I know you. I'm for you. I'm with you. Does that make sense? Heavenly Father, God, we, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're for us, God. We pray your Holy Spirit will be upon us right now. And, and we thank you for the fact that when you ask us if we're going to leave or if we're going to stay with you, that the decision and the weight of that rests on you, God. We thank you that that's not a one-time decision, but you ask us that every single day, every moment of every day. And even when we don't, even when we go away from you, God, you ask us again. And you give us another opportunity to ride with you, God. We thank you for that. And you reach out and you grab us out of the water. So, God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would be upon us. You would show us the ways that you've been about our lives, that you're with us and you love us. And, God, I just pray that you would give us the boldness to be able to share that with those around us, to encourage ourselves and to encourage our friends that are here with us, God. So we commit each person here to you, God, and we thank you for your love. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.